Welcome to Morning Combos with Ali Sheen. Welcome to Morning Combos. I'm your host, Ali Sheen. Glad to be with you once again. I hope you enjoyed your weekend. On today's episode, I'm going to discuss why the gays are not to blame for the struggles of the black people. Last week, I gave my opinion on Dwayne Wade and his son's transition. Since that time, many people have weighed in on this issue. In the midst of the discussions, a nonsensical attack on gay black men began to spring up in a group on Facebook I men. According to several pro-black men, the LGBTQ community is the reason for the problems in the black community. They gave this video I'm about to play of Dr. Umar Johnson to defend their views. Here is the audio clip of Dr. Umar Johnson interview from School TV on YouTube. Just as the CIA financed feminism, the CIA also financed LBGTism up until 1973, 1974. Homosexuality was considered a mental illness for all of American history, for all of American history. It was not a coincidence that it was depathologized by the American Psychiatric Association in the early 70s. This was in direct response to the agenda to destroy black civil rights. Let us be clear. Dr. King was a genius because Dr. King was able to keep the black agenda at the forefront of American public discussion. No other black leader since King, regardless of what people think of him, was able to keep the black agenda at the forefront of American public discussion. King did that. In order to crush the black power movement, they had to find another movement to replace it. Feminism has helped to push the black agenda to the side. LBGTism has helped to push the black agenda to the side. And as you said, I love all my brothers and sisters, gay, straight, whatever box you in, you still family. But I can agree to disagree with your behavior if it contradicts the best interests of our community. The question asked, can Don Lemon or any other prominent homosexual African-American brother or African-American lesbian sister be the forefront of the black movement for liberation? My answer is no. And the reason my answer is no is twofold. Number one, the LBGT movement was created to crush and eclipse the black agenda. So if you belong and identify publicly and proudly with the movement that is a government creation to crush the authenticity of the black liberation struggle, how can you serve two masters? That doesn't mean you can't be used or cannot work for the best interests of your people, but you cannot lead it because that means you run the risk of co-opting our best interests for the best interests of the LBGT platform. So no, you can't. And second, more importantly for me, black children look up to us as spokespersons. So when a black boy looks up to a homosexual black male, for me, there's a little bit of a problem in that because I want him to see in manhood the need to love a black woman. And if he sees a black man loving another male, then if that man is his role model, he might 
began to accept and even explore the type of relationship that's being role modeled for him. So for us to protect our community, where only one out of every four black women gets married, they're the last married and the first divorced. Most black women will never get a husband. Most of our children are doomed to live their childhood in single parented homes. If we want to kill that, then there's no way we can validate homosexuality as a relationship option in the black community. Now, there are many things that I disagree with with this uh, Dr. Johnson's interview or the, just the clip because I saw the full interview. But just the clip uh, that we played, I have a lot of things that I, I disagree with and even some things that I do agree with. I agree anecdotally with gays not being born gay and that the majority of the gay men I have known have been molested during childhood. So those two things I agree with him with because of a personal experience that I had. I was not born gay. I get I, I would say around high school time that I gained this attraction for men. Uh, it wasn't something that I had since I was a child, I would say. Uh, so I, I would disagree with people that say that that we're born this way, at least when it comes to me. Other people, I can't speak for other people, but I can speak for myself. And when it comes to molestation, there is a large segment of the men, gay men that I know that have been molested at, um, during childhood. So I agree with him on those two issues. Where I disagree with him I, uh, is, is many things I disagree with. And one of them is using the fact that homosexuality at one time was listed as a mental illness. But to me, that really it means nothing. Because so was lunacy, which was the belief that the moon caused an increase in hospital visits, homicides, suicides, and traffic incidents. We also have dysostasia ipycia, which was used to justify slavery. It is defined by mischief caused by stupidness of the mind and instability of the nerves. The afflicted were believed to wander about at night, sleep all day, raise disturbances, and break waste and destroy everything they handle. And, and, and even in the Victorian era, psychologists claim one quarter of women suffered from the vapors. The term derived from the ancient Greek medical theories based on the four humors of the body. The vapors were caused by an imbalance, according to these people. Humors in the spleen rose through the body to affect the mind. Women, according to these uh, uh, the journals, were more likely to catch the disease based on irregularities in their anatomy. So, as you can see with just these three stupid things, just because something is listed as a mental illness or disease does not really make it so. He claims not to hate his black LGBTQ brothers and sisters, yet he vehemently disagrees with their lifestyle, going as far as to say that they are disqualified from holding any position of leadership in the black community because of their sexual preference. He preaches black unity while fostering divisions. In his opinion, homosexuality was depathologized pathologized in 1974 to stymie the black civil rights movement. 
if this was the case that the LGBTQ community did uh like tried to hitch his wagon to the civil rights movement to stymie it, they did a for a poor fucking job. Because at that time, by 1974, blacks had the right by law not to be discriminated against. Gays did not have that luxury. There were still sodomy laws in most states. And and when it and, and when it comes to be uh, discrimination, they still could be discriminated when it came to employment. While it was politically a death sentence to say nigger, you could still say faggot, sissy, nasty boy, or any other derogatory adjective for gays. Disparaging, so 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 him just uh, uh, I don't so with that alone, with that alone, you would, you have to see that. The LGBTQ movement, if it was any at that time, was not strong. They, to me, in my opinion, there really wasn't one. And if it was, it, like I said, it wasn't a, a strong movement. And it wasn't nothing that who would, no one at that time would defend gay people. There was no one to defend the gays at that time. It wasn't a big movement to... Uh, liberate the gays to give gays their freedom that wasn't that came years later but it wasn't then at that time except well i won't say it wasn't from the black community in the black community there was none but there was uh is it was some lgbt movements at that time but it, like i said it wasn't the black community when people speak of leviticus they fail to realize that god was talking to the jews who he set aside to be a light for mankind. He made them holy and gave them on instruction on how to live a life pleasing to him. In 1978, a conservative Jewish group, the CCAR, took an early and active role in fighting for gay rights. It drafted a call to decriminalize homosexual sex and to end all discrimination based on sexual orientation. Now, if the Jews did this for their own community, around the same time, homosexuality was depathologized. It is safe to assume that homosexuality was not some deep state plot to destroy the black race. It's utter nonsense to even repeat that. The Jews, the Jews, have thrived since they decriminalized and prevented the discrimination of homosexuals in their midst. They even made progress when it comes to transsexuals. I would even argue that they are more unified now as a group than they were when they were against gays and uh, lesbians and transsexuals. The unity amongst Jews is something the black community must, must imitate. Disparaging the community, uh, stating that there is nothing about the gay lifestyle that aids in the advancement of uh, advancement of the black movement is doing nothing but causing divisions in the group. Something that we do not need. We had that for years. It has not worked dividing us. It has never worked dividing us. So why does Dr. Umar Johnson think that it helps now? 
If homosexuality didn't destroy or stop the economic growth of the Jews, why should the black race be any different? The problems with the black race is the breakdown of the family. Less than 20% of black men who father children raise them in wedlock. The children born out of wedlock are statistically more likely to remain in poverty. And if we are talking about black males, they are statistically more likely to be in prison early in their lives. We must bring back the family unit and the notion that it takes a village to raise a child. It is incumbent on us adults to change our mindsets and our values and introduce them to this new generation. We have to break down old, tired, unproductive rhetoric that has done nothing but led us astray. So that means taking responsibilities, both men and women, for our failures without using others as a scapegoat. Because it was not the gays that have over 80% of our black children raised in single-family homes. It's not the gays that have men, our black men, overrepresented in prisons. It's not the gays that have our black men dropping out of school, not able to read and write with proficiency. It is not the gays that have more black women on welfare and giving birth to more and more kids they can't afford, but expect the taxpayers to pay for them. It is not the gays that have our black men refusing to work a nine to five jobs, but will commit crimes and go to jail to make 40 cents a day. It is not the gays that litter, piss up, destroy our neighborhoods that we live in. So Dr. Umar Johnson is wrong. Wrong. Which is not surprising because he's wrong about a lot of things. After Kobe Bryant's death, this clout-chasing conspiracy theorist tried to say that Kobe was killed because of a pending lawsuit over the Black Mamba name on some over-the-counter sex pills. You know, the fake things that you can get at the gas station that's supposed to act like Viagra. I questioned his sanity when I watched the video where he made this claim. In the video, he also stated that it was no fog out when Kobe's helicopter went down. When there were several pictures and video of the area showing that it was definitely foggy out. Dr. Umar Johnson needs to stop spreading division in the black community and finish the school he has been promising us for years. After all the monies he's collected, you would think the school would have come to fruition by now, but it hasn't. He likes to talk about um, Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam, talking about how they don't do nothing for the community, which they, which is a big lie because they do. And one thing that another thing that he's done that uh, Dr. Umar Johnson hasn't done is built schools. They have built schools. Not uh, Dr. Umar Johnson, who still needs, you know, still needs the money, still needs money, still needs to get things, get people to build it. He's supposed to have brought the land, uh, the building, but don't have no one to fix it up. 
So many things, everything, he's a, just a big liar. Hundreds of Afrocentric schools have opened across the country with far less money than was donated to Dr. Umar Johnson, who, might I add, made derogatory statements about blacks after he received what he could see, uh, uh, perceived as a measly $250,000, I guess, from because uh, he wanted a million or more. So he, uh, you know, the bad-mouthing blacks that only put 250000 The self-proclaimed prince of pan-Africanism should be focused on proving he did not defraud these people out of their money and finish making the school. According to Dr. Johnson, all it takes is exposure to gays and you'll catch the gay. I would like to ask Dr. Johnson, how many gays do he need to be around and for how long before he starts sucking dick? Everyone in jail, according using his logic, must be gay too, because we know there are gay men in jail. And if the only thing it takes is proximity and time, then that means that everyone in jail turns gay eventually. And when he spoke of Dr. Martin Luther King keeping the focus on the black agenda, trying to give him credit, he was wrong yet again. King kept the world focused on the black agenda that was approved by non-black uh, uh, black people from the government and NGOs, non-government organizations. Most of the uh, so-called black civil rights leaders at that time sold the movement out. But don't take my word for it. Listen to Malcolm X tell you for himself. This, the the uh, method that the white man uses, how the white man uses these big guns or Negro leaders against the black revolution. They are not a part of the black revolution. They're used against the black revolution. When Martin Luther King failed to desegregate Albany, Georgia, the civil rights struggle in America reached its low point. King became bankrupt almost as a leader. Plus, even financially, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference was in financial trouble. Plus, it was in trouble, period, with the people when they failed to uh, desegregate Albany, Georgia. Other Negro civil rights leaders of so-called national stature became fallen idols. As they became fallen idols, began to lose their prestige and influence, local Negro leaders began to stir up the masses. In Cambridge, Maryland, Gloria Richardson. In Danville, Major uh, Danville Virginia, in other parts of the country, local leaders begin to stir up our people at the grassroots level. This was never done by these Negroes whom you recognize of national stature. They controlled you, but they never incited you or excited you. They controlled you. They contained you. They kept you on the plantation. As soon as King failed in Birmingham, Negroes took to the streets. King got out and went out to California to a big rally and raised about, I don't know how many thousands of dollars. Come to Detroit and had a march and raised some more thousands of dollars. And recall, right after that, Wilkins attacked King. 
accused King and the Corps of starting trouble everywhere and then making the NAACP get them out of jail and spend a lot of money, and then he accused King and Corps of raising all the money and not paying it back. This happened. I got it in documented evidence in the newspaper. Roy started attacking King, and King started attacking Roy, and Farmer started attacking both of them. And as these Negroes of national stature begin to attack each other, they begin to lose their control of the Negro masses. And Negroes was out there in the streets. They was talking about, we're going to march on Washington. By the way, and right at that time, Birmingham had exploded, and the Negroes in Birmingham, remember, they also exploded. They began to stab the crackers in the back and bust them upside the head. Yes, they did. That's when Kennedy sent in the troops down in Birmingham. So, and right after that, Kennedy got on the television and said, this is a moral issue. That's when he said he's going to put out a civil rights bill. And when he mentioned civil rights bill and the Southern crackers started talking about they were going to boycott it or filibuster, then the Negroes started talking about what? We're going to march on Washington, march on the Senate, march on the White House, march on the Congress and tie it up, bring it to a halt. Don't let the government proceed. They even said they were going to go out to the airport and lay down on the runaway and don't let no airplanes land. I'm telling you what they said. That was revolution. That was revolution. That was the Black Revolution. It was the grassroots out there in the street. Scared the white man to death. Scared the white power structure in Washington, D.C. to death. I was there. When they found out that this black steamroller was going to come down on the Capitol, they called in Wilkins. They called in Randolph. They called in these national Negro leaders that you respect and told them, call it off. Kennedy said, look, y'all letting this thing go too far. And old Tom said, boss, I can't stop it because I didn't start it. I'm telling you what they said. They said, I'm not even in it, much less at the head of it. They said, these Negroes are doing things on their own. They're running ahead of us. And that old shrewd fox, he said, well, if you all aren't in it, I'll put you in it. I'll put you at the head of it. I'll endorse it. I'll welcome it. I'll help it. I'll join it. The very, a matter of hours went by. They had a meeting at the Carlisle Hotel in New York City. The Carlisle Hotel is owned by the Kennedy family. That's the hotel Kennedy spent the night at two nights ago. Belongs to his family. A, a philanthropic society headed by a white man named Stephen Currier called all the top civil rights leaders together at the Carlisle Hotel and told them that by you all fighting each other, you're destroying the civil rights movement. And since you're fighting over money from white liberals, let us set up what's known as the Council for United Civil Rights Leadership. Let's form this council, and all the civil rights organizations will belong to it, and we'll use it for fundraising purposes. Let me show you how tricky the white man is. And as soon as they got it formed, they elected uh, uh, Whitney Young as the chairman. And who you think became the co-chairman? Stephen Currier, the white man. A millionaire. Powell was talking about it down at the Cobo today. This is what he was talking about. Powell knows it happened. 
Randolph knows it happened. Wilkins knows it happened. King knows it happened. Every one of that so-called big six, they know what happened. Once they formed it with the white man over it, he promised them and gave them $800,000 to split up between the big six and told them that after the march was over, they'd give them 700000 more. A million and a half dollars split up between leaders that you've been following, going to jail for, crying crocodile tears for, and they nothing but Frank James and Jesse James and uh, what you call it, brothers. <laughs> Soon as they, they got the setup organized, the white men made available to them top public relations experts. Opened the news media across the country at their disposal. And then they began to project these big six as the leaders of the march. Originally, they weren't even in the march. You was talking this march talk on Hastings Street. Is Hastings Street still here? On Hastings Street. You was talking to March Talk on Lenox Avenue and down on, uh, what you call it, Fillmore Street and Central Avenue and 42nd Street and 63rd Street. That's where the March Talk was being talked. But the white man put the big six ahead of it, made them the march. They became the march. They took it over. And the first move they made after they took it over, they invited Walter Ruther, a white man, they invited a priest, a, uh, a rabbi, and an old white preacher. Yes, an old white preacher. The same white element that put Kennedy in power labored, the Catholics, the Jews, and liberal Protestants. Same clique that put Kennedy in power joined the march on Washington. It's just like when you got some coffee that's too black, which means it's too strong. What you do, you integrate it with cream. Dr. Umar Johnson and divisive people like him are the problem with the black community. They are a hindrance to the black agenda. Every other group that immigrated here to the U.S. faced discrimination, but persevered nonetheless. Let's not forget that at one time the Irish were hated more than blacks. So were the Jews, Catholics, Asians, Native American, West Indians, all faced discrimination, but all had to unify to achieve success for their group. The black race as a whole never unified like the other groups. We have flashes of what black unity could look like and the greatness of the black race with places like Black Wall Street and other affluent black communities. Sure, Black Wall Street was destroyed, but it could have been done again quite easily. We collectively have enough wealth to achieve anything we want if we were to unify. But we destroy ourselves from within, resorting to tribalism. Dr. Umar Johnson is an ideologue. One of his beliefs is anti-gay. 
homosexuality was the only section of the black community he chose to ostracize. Not the women who can co-opt the black agenda for feminists for the feminist movement, or millionaires and billionaires co-opting the movement for the elite, or the politicians co-opting it for the, the movement for the government and their corporate donors, or religious people that can co-opt the movement for their individual religions. Any of these things, if his true goal was having was preventing the movement from being hijacked, would have been included. But they weren't. And I find that very telling. He cares more about his ideals rather than the movement. He wants to shape the world in his image. A world that is suiting for his beliefs, that he believes it should be like. Not what's best for the black race. Of all the problems with the black community, he chooses the one that does the least harm. A minute segment of the black race is gay, less than 12%. Instead of focusing on those issues, he's worried about dick. The real enemy of the black people is anyone of any race that seeks to divide us. We are stronger together. As Abraham Lincoln said, a house divided cannot stand. So Dr. Umar Johnson would be wise to remember that fact. We cannot spend our precious time on earth fighting each other. That's what Dr. Umar Johnson is doing. That is exactly what he's doing. We need to stop dividing ourselves. If we're talking about unity, then let's unify. No other race ostracizes parts of their community. They try to uplift that part of their community, but they do not ostracize them. Dr. Umar Johnson cares nothing about the black people. He cares about his own beliefs. He cares about his own pockets. Because he's quick to tell about the speeches he gives, but never the work he do. It's easy to say, I get paid. A lot of people get paid to say things. It's easy to get paid to give speeches. It's easy to get paid to give speeches. The hard job is doing the hard work that is necessary And like I said, you can say a lot about the Nation of Islam and um, Minister Farrakhan, him being uh, the bigotry that he may possess. But the one thing you can't say, the one thing you can't deny, is that he do the hard work in the community, the black community. He's there in the streets, Chicago. The dangerous streets of Chicago, how dangerous it is, but they're out there. Dr. Umar Johnson is not. He's promising the school for years. And even when it comes to school, he's even pro uh, discrimination. He had, like I said, he's just an ideologue, and I hate ideologues because there's no growth in them. You could present thousands of facts to contradict their beliefs, and they will still hold on to them. You don't want to be part of 
nothing that can't grow, that you can't, if you're wrong, that is no change in it. You're going to go full throttle no matter what. And that's Dr. Umar Johnson. He's a psychiatrist that I question his mental state. But I'm going to end this podcast now. I just hope that people, like I said, we, uh, stop worrying about gay people. Worry about fixing yourselves. Because it's not the gay people that's the problem. It's not gay people that's the problem. Now, like I said, if there's a lot of things that I do agree with and anybody listen to my podcast, there's a lot of things like just because I'm gay doesn't mean that everything that gays do, I agree with. I don't agree with forcing pronouns on people. I don't agree with teaching children about gay, you know, bringing this up to children and stuff like that. Because I remember as a child, I liked Boy George because of the song Chameleon. He had that song Chameleon. It was out. You used to see the videos for it. I liked the song and everything. I remember it was one of my aunts that told me, yeah, he's gay. Still didn't even know what gay was, but I knew it was derogatory and knew that it was something. But I didn't think of, I didn't enjoy him because he was gay. I didn't think about him as gay. But when you when you bring something to a child that they never would think, children will, children will, uh, could respect a gay person because he thinks that it's nothing that could, a gay men can't be respected or have them in positions around children. Like, the, keep in mind that pedophilia and a gay is two different things. But people like Dr. Uma Johnson tries to put them together and they're not. Not the same thing. And so it's, I don't mind a child being around someone that gay. But I do care if that gay person is trying to preach to these children about, you know, oh, gay is good. and No, because I don't agree with, even if it was heterosexuality, I don't believe that children should be taught about heterosexual sex. I don't think they should be talking about gay sex. I think that anything dealing with sex and stuff should be, shouldn't be on the... Uh, curriculum for children. It should be something, and if it is talked about, it has to be the parents, not the school, not administrators, not television, but the parents. It's the parents' job to teach these children these values, not the school job. So those type of things I can agree with with him with. But just because a person is gay, I do not think that that just automatically disqualifies them from being around children. That is stupid. And I don't think that a gay person that uh, that a gay person necessarily can't be a good role model. Like I said, as long as you're not advocating or promoting your sex life, because either way, and that when people think just because I'm saying it, not only if you're gay, I don't agree with heterosexual people broadcasting to children their lifestyle, advocating their lifestyle to children. This is not the children's time; is to be children. There learn there is to learn yes and to be children to be kids not to be uh brought into or pulled into adult conversations so if dr Uma, when, but that's not what dr Uma johnson he just dislikes gays and i wish he would just go come out and say it because 
is kind of disingenuous on his part to say, well, I don't di- I, I don't hate gay people. I never said it. You don't have to say it. You don't have to come out and actually say the words. Just your rhetoric shows that you do. Just You cannot, oh, I don't like uh, dislike him, but I don't want them in positions of power. I don't want them to be admired by a, 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 a child. Because don't get me wrong. Now, I do agree, like I said, that it's something with molestation. The fact that children that were molested uh, as a child turned out gay is a segment of them that do turn out gay. So I can't deny that, and I won't deny that. But I also will say that it is not everyone that, you know, with, with the exception of being molested. Just but being in the around a gay person does not make the person like, you know what, I want to have dick. That, to me, you know how insulting that is to straight men and women that you're saying that the only thing it's going to take is having a gay around them. If you have gays around them, they eventually is going to start turning. And that's crazy. That, to me, that's crazy. There are several people that's been around gays and don't turn gay. And if you did turn gay, being around gays, then you was always there. You was always, you had that. You had an inkling. It was something that you liked about it. It is, it is not, even me, like I said, I wasn't born gay. I, I grew an attraction to men over time. But it wasn't, it was never no one person that came to me. And, you know, like, uh, yeah, you know, no, it wasn't that. It, it, it really wasn't. No one, no one themselves. It was just me, me. I decided that I liked men. I admitted to myself things that, you know, because as, I, I, you know, when you spend straight, you straight, spend your life straight, you start, you ignore things that, like, I could always, I, I thought it was nothing wrong with finding men attractive. I found a lot of men attractive as I grew up. But I was like, as long as I didn't want to do nothing with them, then it was, you know, I, I didn't see nothing wrong with that. But those attractions, you know, grew to something sexual. And, you know, but, but my point is that I do believe that men, people are not born that way. But I also won't say that, you know, that it took, it, it wasn't no one around me. No one influenced me to be a, if it was anything, I had more things against me that, uh, to prevent me from being gay. A lot of my family members and stuff thought I was a lot uh, effeminate as I was a, as a child and stuff, and assumed that I was gay. So if it was anything, I you would think that it would prevent me because I hated hated that, hated being accused of being gay when I never thought of gay, never thought of being gay, never thought about being gay, up until I say about high school, around high school time. That's when you know it happened. But before then, when the family was talking about it and stuff, I did not have those feelings. And that's why another reason why I think that it should be careful of watching the, of protecting the mental state of children that you condemn or disparage, like he did, like Dr. Omar Johnson does. I remember as a child, uh, one Christmas, I had got uh, my sisters, you know, I lived with my mother. And uh, my two sisters and my two sisters got, got dolls and stuff for Christmas. And I had got these wrestlers. And I remember it was a junkyard dog and a bunch of other wrestlers, Jake the Snake and others. But um, 
my sisters were going to bed with their dolls that they had got. And me, being a child, you know, didn't want to be left out. But I thought that, well, I'm going to sleep with one of my wrestlers. I never thought of it as like, oh, I'm sleeping with a doll. It, you know, never, it never, the feminine aspect of it, the feminine, uh, feminine aspect of it never crossed my mind. I didn't see myself as sleeping with a doll. I didn't see myself sleeping with a man. I just saw myself imitating what my sisters did. They were sleeping with a doll. I'm going to just sleep with one of my toys. They were sleeping with their toy. I'm going to sleep with one of my toys that I got for Christmas. This was Christmas Day. But I overheard my mother and her boyfriend talking, and they, they was like, you know, you see the Kwan's up there sleeping with a doll. I'm trying to get him out of that, uh, you know, trying to make him be a little more masculine and stuff and get that out of him. And I felt like shit that day, that night. You know, Christmas Day, fun time as a child, but I'm hearing my mother and her boyfriend talk about me. And 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 that's why I I I said with Dwayne Wade that I agreed with the only thing I agree with him is that don't dismiss what your son is feeling. I don't agree with the sex change because I think that that's something that should happen when he's an adult, when he can make that decision himself, that a child cannot be allowed to make that decision. But I also do not agree with, you know, no, just disparaging him, telling him, oh, well, no, you're not. I mean, like, we're not going to put him in a dress or nothing like that. But if he wants to be feminine, I, feminine, feminine, I don't have no problem with that. If you want to sashay around the house, I have no problem with that. I'm not going to allow him to wear dresses and stuff. And I probably wouldn't go, maybe, I don't, I don't know, if I would call him by the female name. I may or may not do that. I'm not really sure. Because either way, uh, I probably would if it would make him comfortable. But I'm not allowing him to dress. Like, you know, we're not putting on dresses. You're not wearing wigs. You're not wearing high heels. Those things will be in an adult, as an adult. But to respect him as what he feels now, show him that I respect what he's feeling now, I would do that because my beliefs, my wants means nothing when it compared to my child's mental state. What my child will do. If you, if you demonize and force the child to suppress what they are, you do them more harm mentally. And Dr. Umar Johnson likes to talk about how he does work with people from the LGBTQ community and how good he's supposed to be. But I, I have to even question that because how could you? How, I, I don't even, how, how could you? I mean, why would anyone that's, that's depressed, suicidal, that's gay or lesbian, want to come to a person that calls them confused? That it, you won't even acknowledge that they have a right to be what they are because you're calling them confused. And if you're calling it confused, a confused state, a confused uh, uh, sexuality, whatever the word you used, exact terminology you used for it, that to me is disgraceful. But this podcast is running along. This is running longer than what I wanted it to be. It's just that I, I hate when people like Dr. Uma Johnson professes to be such a, a pro-black person but does everything in their power to divide our race 
He is worse than an Uncle Tom. He is an Uncle Tom, in my opinion. Oh, Uncle Tom is a bad word because, you know, Uncle Tom is, you know, the way we use it. But if you read the book, you realize that Uncle Tom was a good guy. So I'll change it. He is a... Coon. And using his conspiracy theory, I would believe that he's part of the Bolet. The pro he's there to prevent black people from achieving the success that he claimed that he wants them to have. Because, like I said, no other nation, none of the other groups that ever came here, the Italians, the, the Irish, the Jews, no one else that ever came here, that immigrated here, ever did it by like saying, fuck our community. Fuck the community. The community does for itself. Letting the community do for itself. No. They all succeeded by unifying. The black race can be no different. And anyone that preaches anything different, leave them alone. Ignore them. They're not your friend. They are not your champion. They are definitely your enemy. But I'm in this podcast now. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a nice day. I'm out of time for this episode of Morning Combos. I'm your host, Ali Sheen. Subscribe to this podcast. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Radio Public, and anywhere else podcasts are found. Like my page on Facebook, Ali Sheen's Playground. Follow me on Instagram at Ali Sheen's underscore playground underscore. And subscribe to my YouTube channel at Alexine's Playground. Let me know your opinion on this episode. Till next time, enjoy your day. <laughs>